The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of the prophet Joshua. And uh, I hope you'll indulge me, but I'd like to back this up to the first verse, first 1 through 12. And this is written in Joshua. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gilbeath Harloth. And this was the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. And the Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And when the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, and so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. And while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain, and the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, give us the faith to follow you and to trust in your covenant with us. Despite all obstacles, fill us with your vision of how the world ought to be so that we might be bearers of hope and small glimpses of what is yet to come. May we learn to pray beyond our wildest dreams so that we can participate in the depth and truth of your plans for all of us and for all of creation. May we learn to see the promised land. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. There's a story of an old farmer and his wife who were riding along in their pickup truck, and she says, Hey, 
Remember when we were young, how we used to snuggle up to each other while we were riding around in your truck? Why don't we do that anymore? And he answered, well, I haven't moved. (laughs) There's another old story about a man who had entered the country illegally. And the immigration authorities sought to deport him, imagine that, to send him back to his homeland. But as they studied the case, they were confronted with a very unique international problem because the illegal alien stood there waving his arms, attempting to tell the authorities in broken English that they could not deport him since his homeland was no more. He had come from a small country in Central Europe and in the shifting boundaries after the war, his country had simply disappeared. It no longer existed. So this morning, the Hebrews have crossed the Jordan River. And finally, 40 years after leaving the bondage of Egypt, they've crossed over into the Promised Land. And Gilgal is their first stop as they begin to enter into Canaan. And in front of them, really, is Jericho and a hundred other places to be conquered before the land is really fully theirs. But Gilgal, it became a holy ground for the people of Israel. And they would return to it again and again and again. And Gilgal itself literally means to roll. So the text explains that the reproach of Egypt had been rolled away. It is at Gilgal that the rite of circumcision is practiced again. For 40 years of wilderness wandering, it had not been practiced. Now remember that circumcision was the seal of God's covenant with Abram. It was the mark of the promise that Abram and his seed would eventually possess Canaan. But it hadn't been practiced for the last 40 years because really the people had been unbelieving and somewhat disobedient. So after crossing the Jordan and setting the 12 stones to mark the arrival, the first thing to take place at Gilgal was to have all of the males submit to circumcision. And when the Israelites were obedient and were circumcised, the text says, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace from Egypt. The past is erased. The shame of all of it is rolled away. And I ask you this morning, don't you wish that that could happen to you? Would it not be a great thing, a wondrous healing process, if the past, with all of its pain and hurt and guilt, could be taken away? So perhaps more than anything, this movement on into the promised land symbolizes for us God's call for critical change. It teaches us that we as God's people are always being led from the wilderness of our own wanderings into new lands of growth and promise. We're always being pushed to move from where we are to where we need to be. God has rolled away the shame of Egypt, the mistakes of our past, and is leading us on into new places, new understandings, new experiences, new ways of thinking about our faith, and new ways of living out our faith. 
Does this not just happen to most of us? The old familiar world we become so comfortable with is gone. Old ways of thinking and understanding have changed. Life as we once knew it has disappeared, folks. And we can't go home again. We are a people who lack a familiar framework sometimes. And we long for what once was. All of us have trouble accepting the end of something that we have treasured. We want the old world to stay with us. We want old thinking, traditions, customs to continue. We want to be able to always return to the familiar and the comfortable. In fact, some of us long for the old life to return so much that we just resist change altogether. We refuse to accept it and continue to live in yesterday. Some of us are happy eating the manna, the what is it of the past, and are not willing to try the new grains and cakes of tomorrow. We are convinced that we are not going to like the way that it tastes. But if we are to be the people that God calls us to be, we must move forward into change. We need to accept the end of one chapter in our lives and move on into the next. We need to accept that our old life has died and our new life, it needs to begin. Maybe I'm speaking to where you are living right now. Maybe this year has been a challenging one and you want to move into a better one but you just can't seem to find the energy or the courage to take the first step. Maybe someone has hurt you and you feel it's time to forgive and move on, but that resentment has become a really good friend. Perhaps a loved one has died, but you just can't seem to find some closure with your loss and get on with new life. Maybe you're in an unhealthy relationship, but it's convenient for you and you fear being alone. Maybe you've grown out of your present job, but the routine of it is all that you have ever known. And just maybe this morning you feel called to full-time ministry, but you don't want to give up your lavish lifestyle. Perhaps your faith is growing into new ideas, concepts, and experiences, but the staunch beliefs of your past will not allow you to embrace growth. So I ask you this morning, do yourselves a favor in the name of God and in the name of the person God calls you to be, embrace the changes and growth that God desires for you. Don't remain in the comfortable shell of the past or even of the present. Get out of it. If you don't, you might get so comfortable that you'll never be able to get out. And then you will just choke in the constant knowledge of what might have been. I think one of the most magnificent promises of our faith is the promise of new beginnings. Scripture and life over and over again affirm this process. <clears throat> whenever something ends, whenever something ends, something new begins. And out of the negative comes the positive. So it doesn't really matter how bad things have ended or how final the circumstances may appear. 
God always, always creates new beginnings. As God spoke through the prophet, I am about to do something new. By the power of God, when something ends, something new always begins. God grows us through seasons, stages, and changes. And God often uses change, I think, to stretch and strengthen our own souls. Therefore, change is a constant part of our faith journey. And we are always invited to embrace this transformation. We are called to cooperate with God in these changes. For you see, I really believe that God encourages and empowers us to grow. But God will not do the growing for us. We must accept the end and move forward and begin again with what God has in store for our lives. And as we move forward, we will experience happy endings because we feel the excitement of new beginnings. For the Israelites this morning, the wilderness journey is now over. The food that suited it is finished. And new life is beckoning them with the promise of God's future blessings. For us, the past is forgiven, forgotten, blotted out, by the love of Jesus that takes him all the way to the cross for us. And now we live each day because of him in a brand new land. And there may be battles ahead for us as there were for the Hebrews, but remember, God promised to be with us all the way. So the old words for new days this morning are promised land. It seems to me that it is always just over the horizon, calling us forward, until the day when we see Jesus face to face, and we're finally able to ask our questions, if we're able to remember any of them, when we stand in his presence. So I pray this morning that we are simply faithful as we work our way through change, And represent Jesus the best we can as we work to realize more and more of his vision of the kingdom of God in our time and place. Amen.